0: Well, if you say so, your host, Ian Garlick.
1: Welcome to the Garlic Marketing Show. Got one of my really, really good friends who is an amazing entrepreneur and one of the best in e-commerce, Mr. Tanner L- Larson with six L's and two N's <laughs> uh, uh, from Bill Grow Scale and Amplify and 8,000 e-commerce stores. (laughs) I don't think, have I, you've never actually been on my podcast, have you?
0: Nope, nope. We've always keep, we keep talking about it and then neither one of us follows up and then we just don't do it, so. So
1: that's weird, weird, because Tanner and I are close friends. One of the best marketers I know, one of the best entrepreneurs, and we're getting into that story and we're gonna talk today about how to optimize an e-commerce store, how to really grow one. Honestly, growing because there's so many people that just talk about traffic and we I, traffic's important, but if you're bleeding from traffic, you're not going to make money. And I think that's more important yeah. than ever with all the new updates. But before we get started, let's talk a little bit about your story. I know your story very well, but I want you to tell your story.
0: <laughs> cool. Well, um, so I mean, it, my story kind of starts in the in as a window cleaner. I mean, if we really want to go back to the, to the beginning, right? Like that's that's what I was. I was a glorified blue collar window cleaner and I had built a window cleaning company that was doing pretty well. Um, and then I went blind, almost blind to my left eye and had to have a cornea transplant. Um, during that time I I had a long healing process. I wasn't able to work in the business or go outside or lift anything heavy. So we sold the business and did a little bit okay on that. Um, for my first business, I was pretty happy, but I was living off savings, not really knowing what was going on. And during that whole time I was doing the window cleaning from like 2001, 2002, um, I was always playing online, like, but it was just for fun because I had a real business. So online was just for fun. And I got into eBay really early on, like 102 and uh, started selling things around the house, uh, then moved into buying products off clearance and selling them on at retail and then bought it, moved into wholesale and I became a platinum power seller on eBay. And I loved the, the concept of selling physical products. The problem was that selling physical products back then sucked, <laughs> it sucked <laughs> real bad because the technology wasn't there. Like you'd made a sale on PayPal, you copy and pasted the address out of PayPal into Word where you would fill out a label sheet. When you had a full sheet of labels, you'd print it out and then you go, okay, what sticker went with which order? And it, then you had to go to the post office and manually weigh every package. Um, it was just sucking up in a massive amount of my life. And I just, I just didn't like it. So um, during that time, um, when I sold the company, I was like, okay, I'm living off savings. I was doing eBay. I was making good money there, but I was really living off mostly savings. Um, Cause I also like to spend money. Um, I could have probably <laughs> bought a small Island if I hadn't spent money and, and, you know, I used to throw parties and like raves and I'd pay for it and people would just come because I was stupid. But anyway, <laughs> I had to figure out how to remake money af- after that point. And uh, I started playing on- online more seriously and said, I'm going to go make this a full-time thing because I can't go outside. I'm stuck at home. And eBay, I, I basically shelved it because I was like, man, my life sucks. I- I'm, But then I found this thing called digital marketing and, d- and digital e- eBooks and products. And I'm like, wait a minute, you tell me I can sell something online, you're going to give me money and I'm just going to send you an email or a link and you're going to download it I never have to ship anything. Oh my God, this is amazing. Um, So I put up a website and did all that and created a course on how to start a window cleaning business and really quickly learned that digital products weren't magic either. Uh, You had to treat it like a real business. And so then I became a real big student of direct response marketing online. I started learning all the stuff and diving really, really deep into sales copy and Traffic and and funnels and conversion and just really really getting crazy about it until I started making a little bit of money. Now during this time, um, one I second, thought, real quick, what yeah. year was this? Because I, I want to oh put gosh. this in, in Perspective. context. Okay, so this would have been four. Oh, four. Some, so four, five, somewhere I, in that range.
1: I want to put this in context that some of the people that you are hearing about, and some people say that they're experts in this were possibly not born when Tanner was already true. doing this stuff.
0: True. Yeah. Um, that's true. So the, the when I, when I, first, the first thing I sold online was in, was in 01. That was the wow. first time I sold I, my, my first website went up in 01 and I taught myself HTML with an HTML for dummies book. Um, I literally used to code every page in notepad. I was so intelligent also that, I never realized you could do like never thought about like save as so if I had two pages that were the same (laughs) where the content was the same or the I would actually hand code the page every time (laughs) Uh, so yeah I mean I was a dinosaur in in that regard and you know I people when I was back in the day used to hang out in the warrior forum right that was where people would hang out that was like the the good marketers hang out back before it turned all crappy but in the old days there were courses that were for sale there that were really um, like at the time there was no, you couldn't turn your corner and, and find a course. There was just nothing out there information wise.
1: Yeah. And I was
0: buying these courses, trying to learn how to do my stuff. And I was like, man, these are really, this is kind of crappy information. Like I, I, I know more than this. So I was like, well, Hey, let me see, put my money where my mouth is. So I put out a training course on how I created my info product and my funnel and how I was generating traffic and, and all that stuff. And People bought it. And I are like, dude, this is awesome. What else are you doing? So I started teaching what I was doing. And that kind of became a thing that I did. I didn't ever intend to be in the education space, but it just kind of happened. And then as I started doing more sales funnels and membership sites and things like that, I never really stopped liking the physical product world. I always liked selling physical products because it was easier to sell something that people, that was tangible, that people wanted. You didn't have to convince them with a 40 page sales letter. And I started, when I started selling physical products again, I started, I just applied direct response to it. And at that time, there was two worlds. There was e-com and there was direct response. Mm -hmm. There was no marrying of the two. So my e-com stuff started doing really, really well. And people are like, holy crap, what are you doing? And I'm like, just what I do. And I started teaching that and basically using sales funnels. And then later on um, when we could make stores convert better, we started using a combination of sales funnels and stores and and then that just kind of kept going on and people kept asking me what I was doing. So I kept teaching it and I built out um, education programs and coaching programs that where I was just demonstrating what I was doing on e stores and Amazon and everything else, um, which is kind of why I wound up with an education you know, focus later on because people just kept teaching me. What you were talking about, these people who are the gurus, most of them have been trained by us. <laughs> Yeah, most of them have started out their their e-com journey or mid-level journey or whatever through one of the the training programs that we've produced based on what we were doing. Um, But for a long time, you could not get an e-commerce store to convert nearly as good as you could a sales funnel. And when I wrote my my first book, which is back there, that big stack of green things back there, um, the book was all about don't use a store use a sales funnel to sell your physical products. And here's why. And it was because we could get better conversions and everything else. The problem with that is that it doesn't allow for traditional e-com. Now, if you have three products, cool. F- sales funnel works great. But if you're a clothing company or you, or you're a supplement company, you have lots of SKUs and things like that. You can't really work that model. And the other thing is, is funnels are great for acquisition, but they're crappy for lifetime value. hmm and so all this time we were doing this, we got re- really into thinking like, how do we, we eventually have to get a store to work better than anything else because that's where the real money is made. Real money in e-commerce is made in LTV, not in AOV, right? Mm-hmm. Not on your initial purchase. So we you know, kept doing that. And over time, Build, Grow, Scale, as we kind of got more into it, we were able to make a sales funnel convert really well but as time progressed from there now we're able to make a store convert every bit as well as a sales funnel now we still use both sometimes depending on the model but now we can make a store just rock and that's that's really in, you know for most e-commerce businesses that's what they need and that's really what what, what bill gross scale is all about now we just take e-commerce stores and then sprinkle our pixie dust over them. And all of a sudden, they work really, really well. Right.
1: Well, <laughs> I think that the idea of direct response just across marketing is important because you know, it's yes. starting to bleed in. But, uh, you know, when I talk to people about video and I'm like, and when we talk about any other type of marketing, I'm like, you, st- you I think it's one of those things that everyone needs to know, don't you? I mean, don't 100%. you? Yeah. I don't,
0: I, the, the, the whole brand advertising model, like the Coca-Colas and the Pepsis and the th- what they teach you at school, basically, when I was in, in marketing classes in, in college and stuff was all about brand advertising. Like it, that's casting this, this like it should, it's a shotgun approach You're yeah. and you're hoping you hit something. Whereas direct response marketing is more like a sniper, right? It's yep. one shot, one kill. And you, that, that's how you make your marketing dollars actually convert into profit for you. Mm-hmm. otherwise you're just you're just bleeding money out it's like watering a, a flower with a fire hose yep. right it just doesn't get you anywhere so I yeah I'm a big believer that direct response needs to permeate every aspect of it should be the way you operate your business whether it's you're doing your traffic you're talking about your, your video marketing whether you're talking about your uh, your buyer's journey on page from page to page to page through the, through the buying process it all needs to apply back to a direct response focus I, I,
1: I talk to people all the time and everyone asks me about marketing. And I say, you need to learn direct response and you need to learn copy. And those, I, 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 any business. And I, yeah. I can go on and on about it, but I, it goes into every business and you've proven it now. So how did you figure out the elements of a direct response funnel and how they work inside of a website? What are those elements that really transfer over to a website?
0: So basically, I mean, Truthfully, it, it, it all can. It's just a matter of not of, of looking at it outside the box. So the the big thing with the sales funnel is the, the reason sales funnels work is there. It's a grease shoot. Like you, you you basically use the sales page to really amp your conversion and get a higher you know click through rate in terms of people who are vi- viewing the page to buying. So you get a whereas a store used to get maybe one percent if you were lucky, you mm-hmm. can get uh, a two, three, four, five percent conversion rate on the front end. Okay, that's part of it. The next piece was the fact that you have your upsells and downsells, which would allow you to maximize your AOV, which in certain industries is critical, like supplements. You need a very high AOV in order to acquire customers at all. And you're on a store, traditionally, you haven't been able to do that. So you use a sales funnel and you get a little bit higher conversion and you get a higher AOV. So it's great for the acquisition of the initial customer. but again, it falls, falls flat when you have to resell to that customer because the customer doesn't want to go through that sales funnel again. Mm. Um, the repeat customer doesn't. But in yeah. terms of how it translates, it, it just was a matter of taking the, the store and looking at what was working in the sales funnels. And yes, the post-click and the one-click and all that has something to do. But there's a whole lot of buyer psychology and just usability that comes into play that in a sales funnel. A sales funnel is pretty much click here, fill out your payment things, click here, read the upsell, click here. It's very simple. Mm-hmm. E-commerce stores, on the other hand, were not. They're yeah. designed as online catalogs. Conversion, when they were originally built, it was like, I'm a, I'm a mail order guy. How do <laughs> I get my catalog online? Yeah. And that's what the developers did. They created an online catalog system. And then as an afterthought, they're like, oh shit, people need to be able to actually buy stuff. Cool, Let's come <laughs> up with a shopping cart and a crappy checkout experience and just bolt it on there. And that's the problem with the store. So where Matt and I got and in our team where we got different was where we said, okay, how do we make our stores operate as seamlessly and in, as intuitively as a sales funnel? And that's where it really started. Um, But that didn't happen until we first made a whole bunch of money and then lost a whole bunch of money um, with our our own e-commerce stores. Because we were great when Facebook, the old Facebook, right? We were crushing it. Matt had sold 15 some odd million dollars worth of, you know, through Facebook ads and stuff. We were doing really well. And then facebook changed i don't know if anybody else has ever experienced that kind of a thing but you know or a google change or something like that yeah. and all of a sudden everything that was working no longer worked and the problem was like early e and I, I i shouldn't say early because I, I i'm actually a dinosaur but let's say 2009 10 11 even 2012 e if you could buy paid traffic and point it at even the crappiest sales funnel or store you were going to make money like yep. it took no talent And people that's why the Teespring game worked so well, because people would throw up a shirt, throw some ads at it, boom, they made a lot of money. And it got a little bit more competitive as more people entered the marketplace. But by and large, if you just knew how to run ads, nothing else mattered. Well, the market has evolved. Technology's caught up. Mm -hmm. Facebook and Google have decided to make it their their goal in life to make it hard for advertisers to advertise. (laughs) And the, the, also the audience has evolved. The, the, yeah. the shoppers are now smarter. They're savvier. They know what to expect. They know how things are working. Well, all of a sudden just being, just have, having ads don't work anymore. That's only one half of the equation. And we fell into that same trap. And if, and, but we're like, okay, we're making all kinds of money. And then the ad stop. And now we go from thousands of sales a day to like 10 sales a day and we still have the inventory coming in like hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars of inventory to support thousands of dollars of sales we had to figure it out and that's where we kind of turned to the data and we started to look really getting geeky about the data and going okay well what is what is happening here and what hap- what worked before and you know when we got into that we realized hey the buyer's journey on a store sucks and there's there's basically it's like taking a, a highway and having a, you know, a high-performance car racing down it, but then throwing crazy speed bumps every four feet. And it, you're just caught. Pretty soon that car is going to either quit working or the guy's going to stop driving because he's got his neck broken, right? And that's what everybody does on a store. They're pushing this traffic through these stores that are so full of friction and um, disconnects that the, the buyer just bounces. Most e-commerce stores have a 90-plus percent bounce rate. That's today. Yeah. So that means like people are like, oh, I don't care about my balance rate. Oh, really? Well, you pay for a hundred people to get to your site. 90 of them leave, only 10 of them stay. So the other fact of that is you're saying, you're you're paying a thousand dollars to get, let's let's say you're paying a hundred dollars to get a hundred people to your site. Well, you just, only 10 of them actually stayed to see your offer. So realistically, you paid a hundred dollars for 10 people not for a hundred because 90 of them left. So your, your, your acquisition cost is actually almost 900% more expensive for traffic wow. than what it actually is. And that's just on the, where they land on the site before they bounce. Then there's things like bugs on your site, code that doesn't work, confusing layout, confusing, um, mm-hmm. bu- uh, you click an add to cart button and it doesn't take you to the cart or you click checkout and it takes you to the cart, not the checkout. Like there's all these, and these are the little things, but they all add up to this big l- loss of opportunity. Like we call it the leaky bucket syndrome, right? Your yeah. business is this bucket. And in a perfect world, the water you pour into the bucket is your sales. The water is the traffic. The water that stays in the bucket is sales. It would just rise, right? The problem is your bucket is more of a strainer. <laughs> it's got <laughs> holes punched all over it where you're leaking. And your, your, your initial reaction in the e com world is just, I'll just get more traffic. If I can just for, pour more water in the bucket... It's going to fill up faster. Well, like erosion, that doesn't work that way. The holes just get bigger and you wind up losing more and more and more money. Now, our philosophy after we lost a whole lot of money and realized, hey, our store is a piece of shit. Like we might be good at ads, but our store isn't awesome. So having an, a crappy store and an awesome ad doesn't work. So we need both things to be awesome. And then what, what's even more crazy now, is we patch those leaks in the bucket and this is where it really gets fancy because you patch those leaks, more sales start staying in there, more repeat customers, everything just starts going up. Now, all of a sudden you don't need to be as good at traffic mm. because everybody's focused on optimizing like the the diminishing returns out of the, out of the traffic. When in reality, if they just fixed what happens after the click, all those clicks would work better.
1: Yep. Yeah. I mean, that's so many people think about that, right? They think about one moment and they, they, on the customer journey and that's the moment that they spent all their money and all their time on and they're not thinking about the rest of it. And that's so important to the experience, how much they buy to them coming back, like you said. Um, So right now, you know, obviously things changed in the past year. It's 2021. Um, how, How have you seen, things change in e-commerce and like how people are using websites and where do you think that the two or three biggest opportunities are?
0: The, the biggest thing that we've noticed, like as a, as a all encompassing aspect of e-commerce, uh, is that you, you can't half-ass it anymore. Like Mm -hmm. you can't, if you cannot just throw a store up or Put a Shopify theme up, and because the Shopify theme you bought says it's optimized, you throw it up there, and you think it works. Um, the the what we've noticed, and this is because you know 2021, like we're, we're we're hopefully on the tail end of this COVID crap, but you know who knows, whatever, right? But during during the 2020, we saw a massive increase in web usage. Right? Yeah. People the shopping pre COVID, seven to twelve percent of the world shopped online you know, through COVID, we, we saw that go to 20, 2030, some odd percent or more. Um, and it's come back down a little bit, but by and large, there's a lot more people online. So the opportunity to make money has, and get eyeballs on your site, there's more traffic available than ever. There's more eyeballs. There's more desire to consume. Yep. The problem is they're savvy. They, they expect a certain thing and they know when it's not there. And mm-hmm because there's so much opportunity out there and so many other options they're not going to give you the chance. People used to fight through a broken checkout experience or a b- broken shopping experience because they didn't have any other options. Now, with you know, if, if if I have to wait 5 seconds for the page to load on my phone when I'm trying to sh- I'm just I'm done. Gone. I'm over. It. Yeah. And that's that's by and large how the market is. It's also shifted to be predominantly mobile traffic. Um, the buyers, we're seeing 85 90% buyers on mobile. Um, and then we also see a, a, an insanely high in the older older ranges, as well as higher priced product range of um, the shopping experience beginning on mobile and then concluding on desktop. Mm. So whereas like I'm, I'm shopping for a couch, I'm looking at my phone, right? And then I wind up buying the couch later through my desktop. So You're having to track that shopping experience from in two different areas it's the same buyer but on two different devices two different user experiences and the other thing is, is combining that data so you need to make sure you're you have the right kind of google analytics and tag manager and all that kind of stuff set up so that you can track that all the way through otherwise you look at them as two separate instances when they're not um you might think that that traffic didn't convert when in actuality it did convert but it just came back on a different device yeah um, and that happens more in the higher end products, the ones that require more education prior to purchase, but on normal products, you know, your, your typical consumables and your things that say up to a couple hundred bucks, it's all on, it's all here. And mobile responsive does not mean mobile optimized. Like that's a, mm-hmm. that's a, that's a huge thing we're seeing all sites scale for mobile. They go big and they get small and they stack and they do all that, but you should have a completely unique and different shopping experience for your mobile than you do for your, for your desktop and your tablet. We go so far as to dial in the shopping experience based on device. So we will have a, like Samsung will have its own op- optimized shopping experience. iPhones will have its own optimized shopping experience. We even optimize down to the browser segment level on um, desktop. I'm on Chrome, it says I need an update right now, which means I'm not on the most current version of Chrome. I'm on a previous browser segment or a browser version, right? I have to opt, my site has to be optimized for all those different versions because every time there's a new update, it changes the way your site displays to that user base. And honestly, it sounds geeky, but there's some of the biggest wins and easiest low hanging fruit that any site owner can get is by optimizing for device and optimizing for browser segments. And you can use a tool like browser stack to figure that out because you may, you may have a huge percentage of people on, on Safari and updated Safari converts at 5%, but you have a 40% of your traffic is on an older version of Safari and they convert at 1%, but they're still on Safari.
1: Hmm.
0: What's the difference? Well, as your website, something in your buyer's journey on your website is displaying improperly, not working, not functioning or something on that older version, whereas you still have 40% of your traffic. So what's the easy thing to do? Figure out what that is fix that it's usually just something in the code it's like you have a, a open tag or you have some code that isn't isn't current or whatever you fix that all of a sudden you bring another 40 percent of your traffic up to where it's converting it five or six percent
1: wow and yeah it's, i mean it, yeah, it is it,
0: geeky guys don't get me wrong it is geeky, it, it, it's, it's
1: geeky but it's the high leverage point
0: It That's is. Where, it's, it's massive
1: and yeah because everyone's selling here's the traffic trick Here's the traffic trick. Yeah. Here's traffic trick. Guess what? Traffic, those tricks go away. They're, and they're loopholes. They're loopholes. And, you know, and also they're selling it. So people are going to go do it. But you're talking about essentials, stuff yeah. that we can fix because it's at, and it's also at the most important point when someone's getting ready to buy from you.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, if you think about it, we talked about buyer's journey a little bit. You've mentioned it, I've mentioned it, but think about this. In the front end buyer's journey, when the traffic happens, there's one click. You, you buy the ad, they see the ad, they click on it. That's one click. When they land on the site, there's at least four to five or seven clicks, depending on your shopping experience, that they have to go through before they complete a purchase. In what world would it make sense to optimize so heavily for the one click, but ignore the five to seven clicks that happen, that, that are just as important? Yeah, It makes no sense. Just from a you know an 80-20, you, oh, there's, a, there's more here. I need to fix this, right? Yeah. Um, and the cool thing is, guys, I mean, most people are, when I say this, they're like, oh uh, yeah, whatever. But if you patch the bucket, I promise you your traffic problems go away. I'll tell you guys, we have in our Amplified Partnership Program, we have partner stores that are doing three, $4 million a month that are still using the old school $5 a day ad strategy or $5 an ad set testing strategy, excuse me. And then scaling from there, like that was five years ago, four years ago, that that was like the thing. And now we have all these new CBO and whiz bang things that we talk about. They're they're doing $4 million a month, still using the exact same ad strategy that they used years ago. Because it's not about the ad strategy as much as it is about what happens after you buy that click.
1: Yeah. And the other thing I want to reason I want to bring you on is because you you do this, like you said, Mm -hmm. for clients, but also you teach this, but you're learning it and seeing what's really, really working. And um that's one one thing I've always loved about stuff you do it's like yeah you didn't do it for one store you didn't do it just for your store you've done it across stores tell me about the stuff that you teach people right now like what what are you teaching right now in 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 how well how does someone get to EI how do we find
0: easy easy way to do that go to buildgrowscale.com um you can click on it up top or you can go to econinsider.com either way you get there um, also, if you go to bgs.com, buildgrowscale.com, we've got our podcast. We've got our blog, which we, we uh, most people think blogs are crap, but uh, the blogs are written by our actual optimization experts, our articles. It's all deep, deep dive stuff. You can, everything that I'm, I'm saying will be backed up in triplicate on, on there. And you can get a real deep dive into what you can do to start optimizing your store on our free content versus even, you know, hiring us for anything. But to What we teach, to give you an example of what we teach, because as I was telling my story, I always said like people were asking me what I was doing and I started Mm -hmm. teaching them what I was doing. Well, that hasn't stopped. Build Grow Scale doesn't teach anything we don't do. So we're not teaching you traffic because we're not traffic experts. We're optimization experts. I'm also not going to spout optimization principles to somebody who's not an e-comm store because I don't optimize sites like Travelocity or Plumber sites. I optimize e-commerce stores. That's all we do. And within our, our network, like we, we started with our own stores and then we grew it to where people were like, hey, would you work on my store? Would you work on my store? So now we have what we call the Amplified Partnership Program, which is where our optimization team basically becomes part of that store's team and handles all the day-to-day full-time optimization, split testing, data management, analytics, the whole thing, all the dev and continuously basically optimizing that store 24-7. Well, we have 31 or 32 stores in our, in, in our partnership program right now across all different industries, from supplements, apparel, knitting, um, all kinds of stuff, like everything you could possibly imagine, sports stuff, all kinds of things. So we're on all these stores, we're optimizing all these stores and they're all doing you know a million plus a month. They're spending tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of dollars a month on ads. So the amount of data that we're collecting and analyzing in one week is more than a, a normal store would ever accumulate in a lifetime. And we're running, you know, whereas one store could maybe do one to two split tests a month, we're running 10 or plus more a week, if not more than that. So usually it's one per store. So it could be as many as 30 tests a week running. And then when we have a win on one store, let's say we have a win on a supplement store, we're going to take that win and we're going to apply it to all the other stores in our network to see if that, now, not always going to work. Like the, what works in supplements may not work in knitting, but we don't know that till we test it. So we'll test it over there. And then pretty soon we'll say, hey, this optimization works in this niche, this niche, this niche, this niche, but not that one, that one, or that one. And we have this just amazing data library of what works. I mean, it's, it's approaching what's well, actually way over $400 million right now. I bet we're, we're, we're approaching the $500 million mark in terms of total sales and, and data collected and sales that we've impacted. But anyway, everything we teach comes from what we do right there. So in Ecom Insider, which you talked about, we're teaching people the optimizations and stuff that we're learning that's backed by all the data that we're learning from all the stores that we work on.
1: I mean, I know it works because we're friends and I do the, I've do i done a lot of the stories. And yeah, I mean, and it's amazing. These people's lives, and it's not just that they do a little bit better, it changes their lives because yeah. all of a sudden they have businesses that work and that's what oh, I appreciate about what you do and, and, you know, sustainable. Um, and so you go to build, grow, scale and what, you know, you were talking about the, the website optimization, you mm-hmm. know, the browser optimization. What What's one more thing that people should go look at right now with their e-com store and go fix so right now.
0: One of the big things is actually, you know what, here, here's something stupidly simple. Let's just start there. Yeah. Having, this is dumb. Now people say, oh, conversion rate optimization guys are like, let's test some button colors. Well, for the most part, button colors, that's a a small lever. That's not a big lever. Um, But one thing that does make a difference is having the same button color on all of your action buttons throughout the entire site. You have a add to cart button you have a, or you, maybe on the category page, you have a learn more button. Then you have an add to cart button on the product page. You have a proceed to checkout button on the cart page. You have your checkout button on the checkout page. I wouldn't can't tell you how many times people come across and they have three or four different button colors. Mm. It, it, you think it doesn't make a difference, but in user testing, we track it and shopping should be a subconscious process on the store for them. You don't want to pull them into the conscious mind because then they start thinking and they get distracted and they go do something else. So if they see the button and it's a green button and it t- has an arrow to the right, which that little arrow makes a big difference. And it says, learn more. They click it and then they get to the next page. And it says, add to cart, green button, arrow this way. They click, it. like we're conditioned to follow like signs, arrows, colors, okay? That little consistency thing, ha- adding the arrow to every button and making them all the same color makes a huge difference. And I, I know some of the, there's guys out there are that going, that's like the stupidest thing ever. It works.
1: Well, it and you have, you have the data. You have the data. It's not your guessing.
0: No, <laughs> and it, it can make a big lift. Like, I mean, s- s- simple things. Okay, another another really easy example. This one has given us upwards of 20 plus percent lift um, in conversions. Uh, probably uh, 15 to 20% again in revenue per user increases. If going from drop down variants to swatches. Swatches are like little boxes with like color swatches. Instead of saying like drop down red, blue, green, you have little boxes that are red, blue, green. Mm They can click the box. Switching from drop downs to swatches, massive lift if you have say five or less variants. It's now, there's obviously an outlier. There's always gonna be the store that proves the rule different, but by and large, Swatches always outperform variants. If you have multiple vari- multiple types of variants, then you have multiple types of swatches. You may have color swatches and size swatches. And that right there, big lift in add to cart, big lift in revenue per user, which is a key metric that nobody tracks and a big lift in conversion as well, which is the one everybody tracks, but is honestly not the most important metric. I can no. kick your conversions ass. I can quadruple it. Just let me drop your price. Yeah right? But that doesn't serve you any, any, any better. Our, our goal with the way BGS optimizes is we call it revenue optimization. We are all about packing as much money as possible into your pocket and having it stay there. So there's a difference between that kind of optimization and your traditional conversion rate optimization, which doesn't necessarily give that holistic approach to the, the revenue aspect, the profit aspect, the net, net profit, and all of that.
1: Yeah. Well, and it, I mean, because we know, I mean, there's plenty of people out there. They'll show you the revenue numbers, mm-hmm. but it's like oh, I'm making a hundred million dollars. Yeah, but you're spending hundred one million dollars.
0: Correct. That's easy to do, especially easy to do in e-comm when you got inventory and all these different things coming in. Like there, you you have to like one of my favorite statements is called "optimize before you maximize," and everybody tries to maximize. Mm-hmm. I mean, even you named your son. Max. Like you're, everybody's trying to, and he hasn't grown up yet. So you're already giving him the max before he grew up. Right. So you op, you, you gotta optimize that kid. Right. But anyway, so the idea is to optimize before you maximize. And the example here is let's say you have a Honda civic and you, and it's an old 1980s Honda civic. And you, I don't even know if they made civics in the eighties, but let's say they did. And then you drop a Ferrari engine in it. And you're like, yes, I have a high performance car now. Is that gonna work? No, because first of all, the engine probably won't fit. Second of all, your suspension, your tires, your everything doesn't match up with that engine. So you're trying to maximize before you optimize what you already had to make it grow to the point where it can handle something new. And um, this is the case with everybody. They try to maximize that traffic before they've actually put the rest of the pieces of their business in place as well. Same thing goes with supply chain. So many e stores, they sell a whole bunch of stuff and then they can't fulfill it. And then they get in trouble with Facebook feedback score. They get chargebacks, merchant accounts, shut them down. Shopify kicks them off. They're like, I didn't do anything wrong. I'm so good at selling. No, you actually suck because part of selling is fulfilling. Yeah. And, you know, if, if, if you're out there scamming people because you're not actually, don't even know if you can fulfill, then what are you doing? Like, you, of course it's going fi- to fall in your face.
1: Yep. And you know we were talking about a few of those stories before the show. It, it, mm-hmm. you can grow a big, big company, and you can sell the crap out of stuff if you don't care about delivering it. Yep. <laughs> um, and so, Ecom Insider is on Bill Grow scale. We can go find it there. Bill, you know yep. they've got the podcast, uh, folks. I I brought Tanner on not just because I want to talk to him and see his pretty face. But also i wanted to you know this is the stuff that really works i know it works because i talked to people time and time again that have implemented it and changed their lives i mean change their lives so go to buildgrowscale.com there's ecom insider there's the podcast the event if you're listening to this
0: is coming up possibly soon you know it's covid so they're trying to figure yeah, it we'll, out we'll see but that one you can find at buildgrowscale.com or sorry live.com. but you can also get to it from our main our main website that's the the largest e-commerce conference in North America. It's a big, big deal. That's where um, Ian's been there. He's um, filmed like the, the events. He's, uh, you know, seen all of our people there, seen the awards. Um, that's something else that, you know, just as like a another little thing of just as an example, guys, we have, we, we do, we started doing awards for our, our students that have performed basically following what we've done. And we are currently somewhere... Um, well over 100 6 figure awards. I don't know that one. I don't pay attention to that one as much, but we have 164, seven figure awards and we're 13 eight figure awards wow. Those are people who have built, you know, six, seven and eight figure businesses using what we're, what we're talking about right here, using the, the revenue optimization and the, and the process that bill grow scale teaches. And that's not, that's not me doing it. That's them taking what we're showing them and doing it in their businesses and um, they have to verify their revenue numbers. Like, there's other awards out there where you can fill out a form, click a button, pay some money, and they send you an award. Yeah. You have to actually get on a call with us, um, and we have to go into the back end of your store and see everything to make sure that it's actually legit. Because I'm not gonna, I don't, I'm not handing out participation trophies. We want people, yeah. to, you know, to get what it is. But this stuff works, guys. You don't have to take my word for it. Just listen to some of the people that have used what we do, and give it a yeah. shot
1: it's well, and the idea of revenue optimization because there's other awards we won't mention, but you know, you can throw money at and say, I made this much money. If you throw enough traffic at something, my favorite quotes from Steve Martin what's the fastest way to make $10 million or a million dollars? Start with Start $10 with million. 10. Yep. Yeah. 100%. And, and, but this is about revenue optimization and that's what you guys are doing. You're not teaching drive more traffic. You're teaching, make more money off of what you're doing and also serve your clients better, serve your customers better uh, because that's what it does. So um, awesome. Awesome. So yeah. What's the best place to follow you too, right now? Uh, YouTube. uh, Yeah.
0: Our YouTube YouTube channel, which again, the easiest way to get there is just go to buildgrowscale.com and all the links are up at the top navigation. Um, Our YouTube channel is, is pretty damn good. I mean, we're, we're putting out content all the time and we are more of the kitchen sink philosophy in terms of how we teach and train. So we're not hiding stuff. We're, we're, we're literally showing you guys exactly what we're doing. The blog as well. Um, you can get us on Facebook, uh, you know, facebook.com forward slash bill Gross scale, all that stuff, but all those links are right there on the blog, including the podcast. So that's, that's really the best place. The podcast, um, again, is not me. Like I can talk my, your ear off about optimization, but honestly, I'm not the coolest guy in the world in terms of optimization. My team is. They're the ones in the trenches every day. And they're the guests that I have on the podcast where I interview them and have them spill the beans about all the stuff that we're doing on a daily basis. So every single week we're dropping new episodes from the real experts in optimization telling you what you can do for your store.
1: Love it, love it. And that's that's exactly the huge team really working on it. And one of the cool things too about their team is most of, a lot of them were e-commerce store owners themselves, mm-hmm. which I love. You Some know, of them
0: still have their stores. Other ones were, realized that they liked the optimization more than they liked running a business. Um, so they just, that's that, that changed for them as well. But yeah, a lot of our team were former clients or um, students and things like that, which is which is just an awesome, makes a nice warm fuzzy for us because yeah. <laughs> it definitely makes it feel good.
1: Lots of great stuff on there. Go check out the YouTube channel. Uh, But, you know, if you're thinking, even if you're just getting started, make sure to follow Tanner. But if you're into the, well into your e-commerce journey, have a store running, you've got to do this stuff.
0: If you don't want to listen to me or talk to me or any of our stuff, go to Amazon. This is the proof copy of the second edition of the book. Um, When you go to Amazon, though, it won't have this because they won't let me put second edition on the second edition of the book for some reason because they're Amazon. Um, but it will say second edition on, the, on it. And then when you open it up, it says second edition. But everything I'm talking about today is in this book and you can get it on Amazon. You don't ever have to talk to us. You don't even actually have to buy from us. This book, uh, actually, Ian was at the event. The guy, there was a guy that came up to me at the event who said, hey, I bought your book. I never bought anything else. I just studied it, studied it, studied it. And I took a pet CBD brand from zero. To being one of the top four pet CBD brands in the U.S., and he's like, the only thing I've ever done was read your book, and he's like, I figured I better come to your event now that I've, <laughs> you know, see what else you have, right? So this is the good stuff. I mean, look at that. That's pretty. Thick.
1: Yeah. So anyway, you don't have yeah. to even
0: talk to us. You can just read it in the book.
1: But it's a great community, great people. You know,
0: and that's I can't what it is more than anything. Yeah,
1: and and I can't stress that enough to you folks that are listening if you're in e-commerce because that that community makes a big difference to you. Because if you hear from people telling you their success stories and it's all BS, you're gonna feel bad about yourself. But if you, this is a community that helps each other and gives real honest feedback.
0: It's like having 500 like-minded store owners that are all following a similar process. They're all Mm -hmm. building their businesses right. And they're all vested in each other's success. Cause our motto is a rising tide raises all ships. We our, our members help each other. Our members, some of the times, some of the coolest optimizations that we figure out are things that our members gave us, then we run it on a, they tested it and then we test it on a bigger scale. So yeah, the community is honestly, I, I don't know how anybody succeeds without a community. Nobody does it alone. Yep. Yeah.
1: No one does it alone. Yeah. No one does alone. Well, Tanner, thank you so much for coming on and talking to me and telling Absolutely. everyone about how awesome you are. No. <laughs> I, wasn't,
0: I wasn't planning on telling us, telling my story, but yeah, cool.
1: Um,
0: but <laughs> we're just going to talk optimization.
1: No, I want to hear your story too. Uh, but yeah, and thank you all. And thank you all for taking Tanner and I on your journey. This has been I and garlic and Tanner Larson and the garlic marketing show.